Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now listening to the Fantasy Baseball Hour with Al Melchior. Welcome, everybody. This is the Fantasy Baseball Hour. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you joining me here and you are going to be glad you did i'm very excited about today's show uh i sort of teased this a little bit last week uh but i didn't, didn't give it away uh i want to make sure i absolutely had the uh today's guest uh confirmed i do uh, have him confirmed and uh joining us just a little bit later on in the show scott mccoy uh, and if you are a big REM fan, or maybe even not a, a big one, uh, you probably know him from uh, his days uh, touring with and performing with REM, uh, both as a studio musician, musician and uh, as a part of their touring band, and uh, been in a bunch of other uh, groups that you may know about as well, like the uh, the Baseball Project, the Minus Five, the uh, Fine Fresh Fellows. Uh, very, very excited to have Scott McCoy here uh, on the show just a little bit later on. Uh, by the way, it, it's not going to just be me you know, being a goof because uh, R.E.M. is one of my favorite bands. Uh, Scott actually is very, very into fantasy baseball, and he's got uh, a league with that includes former members of R.E.M. and, and other people uh, from the music world. So can't wait to talk to him about that. But there's also lots of other things to get to, uh, and in fact, uh, pretty much in real time here, looks like we're going to be able to track uh, Joe Jimenez's, uh, not really, I don't know if I should say debut as the Tigers' closer, but fill-in, uh, his first his first stint as a fill-in closer uh, for the Tigers, because the Tigers right now leading the Blue Jays 2-1 to one in the top of the ninth. So you got Tyler Clippert in for the, uh, for the Blue Jays. And uh, we'll uh, unless the Tigers go and you know score uh, ten runs or something in the top of the ninth, I think we'll see Joe Jimenez in the bottom of the ninth. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, so yes, Shane Green has been placed on the DL just earlier today, Monday, with a right shoulder strain. And uh, according to M Live, and frankly, just plain old common sense, uh, it's been reported that Joe Jimenez will be the fill-in closer. Uh, I mean, that seemed like a, a pretty obvious call. He did uh, pitch most recently on Saturday, Jimenez, and gave up a game-winning home run to Justin Smoke. And in that same performance, his uh, average fastball, fastball velocity was also down a bit more than a mile per hour. So. Uh, I'll be certainly uh, doing my best to watch this inning here between the uh, Tigers and the Blue Jays, not only just to see how Jimenez does, but see if we can also get uh, some updated data on uh, his velocity. Also in some closer news, uh, the Giants, as you probably know from before the weekend, have gone to a committee with Sam Dyson struggling uh, briefly as the fill-in for Hunter Strickland. But Will Smith picked up two saves 
in the uh, Giants uh, sweep over the weekend of the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks. But the the real news here, because again, it's it's still a committee. Um, in fact, one of those saves came not starting the ninth inning, but basically cleaning up after Mark Melanson. But a newsworthy item here from the San Francisco Chronicle is that Will Smith may be able to pitch three days in a row after the All-Star break. And that is a game changer for his value because Bruce Bochy has said that he wants uh, he, he's not wanting to go to a full-time closer right now. Uh, because you know you've got Smith and you've got Melanson who uh, haven't been able to pitch more than on back-to-back days. So uh, Tony Watson, for whatever reason, and those two save opportunities over the weekend used in the eighth inning. So if Smith has that durability to actually go three games in a row or three days in a row even, that I think gives him a potential leg up. So I did go and pick him up at Tout Wars this weekend. Uh, now I've got him and Joe Jimenez starting this week. So I hope that works out. Okay, a whole lot of uh, injury news coming into the week, and I realize that uh, a lot of your leagues may be locked up already because uh, since we've had the first pitch and we've got this Tigers-Blue Jays game underway, uh, but if you've got a rolling lineup or daily league or what, what have you, a uh, whole bunch of injury updates here that you will need to know about. Lorenzo Kane thinks, according to MLB.com, that there's a really, really, really good chance that he comes off the DL on Wednesday, uh, which is the first day that he's eligible to come off. So if it were just two reallys, then I think you'd have to be skeptical. But since Kane thinks there's a really, really, really good chance, uh, let's expect him back on Wednesday. Uh, That said, I benched him for the week. And I think that's probably the safe move. Uh, As for his uh, teammate Christian Yelich, who's been uh, dealing with some back issues, uh, also according to MLB.com, uh, he's going to be checked on for the next couple of days, uh, going to take some swings. If he doesn't improve over the next couple of days, there's a very good chance that Yelich will go on the DL. So unfortunately for the Brewers and for you as a fantasy owner, Kane and Yelich both looking sort of iffy for this week. Uh, the Pirates have uh, called up, or actually I don't know if it's happened yet, they will be calling up Nick Kingham to uh, start tonight uh, against the Dodgers in L.A. And great call. Um, last week had Nick Pollock on the show. He made a lot of great calls. Uh, and so one of them was to pick up Nick Kingham for a, a potential two-start week. Looks like that's going to happen with Kingham pitching tonight. Uh, also made a, a very good uh, streamer call on uh, Felix Pena. Uh, I'm trying to think what else there was uh, something else. I'm sure it'll come to me later in the show. But anyways, that was just a, a fantastic segment with Nick Pollock. And just following up on that, uh, Nick Kingham going to be back up with the Pirates. And also um, related to Felix Pena and the uh, Angels rotation. That rotation is sort of in flux right now because it's possible that Garrett Richards could return from his hamstring injury uh, this Wednesday to start against the Mariners. So uh, pretty much everything beyond that Mariner series is kind of up for grabs and it possibly Wednesday's up for grabs too. If uh, Richards isn't quite ready, um, then we'll see. But so as of right now, it's not clear when Felix Payne is going to make his next start. I crossed my fingers and took the chance that uh, I'd be able to use him this week. Hopefully he'll get a start this week. Uh, also in some angels news, Shoyo Otani uh, should be activated during that Mariners series, according to the Orange County Register, as a DH. 
So we won't see Otani pitch, I think, anytime soon, but should be DHing uh, within the next couple of days. According to MLB.com, uh, Terry Francona says that Carlos Carrasco will come off the disabled list to start this Friday against Oakland. Uh, Carrasco hit 97 miles an hour in his most recent rehab start with AA Akron. That was on Saturday. And not only did he throw 58 pitches in that rehab start, but then he actually threw more pitches in the bullpen. So very, very good signs there for Carrasco, who is due to come off the DL on Friday. Uh, Matt Chapman, we've got an update on him from Susan Slusser of the San Francisco Chronicle. If uh, all goes well with him and his rehab uh, outing uh, with uh, Class A Stockton, that's high Class A California League, he'll be back tomorrow uh, with the A's. That's Tuesday. And uh, that would probably mean that Franklin Barreto gets sent down to AAA Nashville uh, as you have a a little bit of a uh, musical chairs there with uh, Chapman going back to third base, Jed Lowry moving back to second, and Franklin Barreto not really having anywhere to play. So just be prepared for that. whole bunch of Mets updates now. Noah Syndergaard and Jason Vargas have been cleared to pitch a sim game tomorrow in Port St. Lucie. Dominic Smith's been dealing with a sore right wrist for about a week. And uh, he should be back for the upcoming series, however, against the Blue Jays. So I believe that's a two-game series that starts on Tuesday. And finally, uh, Jay Bruce is expected to take batting practice sometime this week, according to the New York Post. Uh, Moving on, George Springer, he pinch ran on Sunday and could be back in the Astros lineup Tuesday. Uh, He did not start on Sunday because of him hurting his back on Saturday. Uh, That said, Springer, even before hurting his back, has been in a major slump. Since June 20th, he has just one base hit. That's one for 34 during that stretch. Uh, So let's hope that Springer is well-rested and healthy whenever he does return. But again, that could be as soon as tomorrow. Now, I talked about the Felix Pena situation being up in the air because of Garrett Richards possibly coming back this week. Same deal uh, with the Marlins rotation, uh, which, you know, has been sort of in flux really all season long. And, you know, rightfully so is, you know, they they try out a, a bunch of um, young pitchers. We recently saw Sandy Alcantara make his uh, major league debut. And on the, the following day, uh, we saw Pablo Lopez come up. And uh, now it's going to get even more complicated for the Marlins because Jose Arrena could be close to returning. Uh, it's not going to be today for the Marlins. Uh, I believe it's Eliezer Hernandez starting for the Marlins t- tonight. But um, Arrena could be back sometime later this week, and then it's not known who might be the uh, the odd pitcher out, whether it's Hernandez or uh, Lopez or Alcantara. But Lopez and Alcantara both pitched really, really well in their Marlins debut. And for Lopez, that was his major league debut. So uh, watch that one closely because there's some some interesting pitchers thrown for the Marlins these days. Vince Velasquez uh, has been placed on the DL with a right arm contusion. However, he's hopeful that it will be a minimum 10-day stay for him. And with the Phillies having uh, off days both today and Thursday, they could go with uh, four starters, according to Philly.com, but they have not actually indicated yet whether they're going to do that. But uh, Phillies could just get by with a four-man rotation until uh, Velasquez's spot would come up again on July 9th. So 
Maybe just playing it cautious there with Velasquez. Catal Marte looked like he had a bad hamstring injury on Saturday, limped off the field. Uh, turns out, though, according to the uh, medical staff there at the Diamondbacks, that Marte just has a leg cramp, and they, he is not scheduled to get an MRI. It's that report from ArizonaCentral.com. Uh, so I, I, I played it safe and did not start Catal Marte this week. But it sounds like it might not be a big deal at all. Chad Bettis left, left the Rockies game with the Dodgers early on Sunday with a hot spot on his middle finger of his pitching hand, according to the Orange County Register. Uh, I would presume he's day-to-day, but uh, yeah, I, or, you know, possibly be, being able to make his next start, but have not seen anything. And a little bit late with this because, of course, not having a weekend show, but this is the first show I've done since John Gray was demoted. So uh, since we're talking about Chad Bettis, figured I'd just toss that in there, uh, that John Gray was sent down over the weekend and uh, Rymel Tapia was called up. Uh, Those are corresponding moves on Saturday. And I got to say that I, you know, I saw all the Twitter reaction to this, which was overwhelmingly, if not exclusively negative, saying that this was a a silly move by the Rockies and, and, you know, John Gray has, um, you know, uh, an XFIP uh, that's much, much lower than his ERA. But, look, I, I don't know whether sending him down was necessarily a good thing, but I, I think that some of the, the support or defense of John Gray in all of this, I, I didn't, I, I couldn't really, uh, couldn't really jive with it, couldn't did really agree with it, uh, because, I mean, he's he's got, Certainly, he's due for some Babbitt progression. I mean, part of the reason why he's got this this enormous gulf between the five seven seven ERA and the two eighty xFIP uh, is because he's got a three eighty six Babbitt, and his strand rate is very low at sixty three percent. And yeah, I mean, he should be better than a almost six ERA pitcher, but I don't buy him as a near three ERA pitcher either, just by virtue. Of pitching home home games at Coors Field, that uh, I would expect him to have a higher than average BABIP. His ex BABIP is much higher than average. His BABIP, his actual BABIP from last year for John Gray was three thirty six. So, uh, I just you know I I uh, I'm not sure that John Gray is really going to be all that effective for fantasy whenever it is that that he does come back, unless maybe he does. Cut back on the the hard contact, which is up this year. The line drives, which are up this year. Uh, he's certainly capable of it, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens in, in AAA for uh, for John Gray. Got a whole bunch of closer items to talk about as well. Uh, the, with the Marlins, we talked about them earlier. Their rotation situation, their uh, relief situation. We we figure that there's going to be some trades, but already there's a report from MLB.com that the Dodgers have been talking to the Marlins about some combination of Kyle Bearclaw, Drew Steckenrider, and Adam Conley, maybe some other relievers unnamed as well. And then just before coming on the show here, I saw a report that the Red Sox are interested in that very same trio uh, of uh, of relievers for the Marlins. And the, the part of this that I actually find interesting, and again, I don't know if it, if it really means anything, but that, given that you have the same three relievers that were mentioned in the trade rumors with the Dodgers and with the Red Sox, and the one that wasn't mentioned, okay, Brad Ziegler's one, but Teron Guerrero. So I got to think if if like if all three of them are gone, Bearclaw, 
second writer Connolly, maybe Tehran Guerrero is somebody to speculate on. And also a uh, report from Boston, uh, I'm sorry, from Nick Cafardo, I believe that's the Boston Globe, uh, that both the Astros and Red Sox are taking an interest in trading for Rysel Iglesias. So Jared Hughes, if you can get him, get him, because I think he's going to be closing for the Reds at some point within the next month. Not a big strikeout guy, but a lot of ground balls, uh, I think would be a very, very effective closer. So if you can get him, you should get him. And on that note, like I said, a lot of news to get to today. Uh, But on that note, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, Scott McCoy from the Baseball Project and formerly of REM is going to be here. I'm very excited. Stick around. We'll be right back. If you've heard of WeatherTech floor liners, you probably know that for your vehicle's floor, nothing protects better. But what about protection for the rest of your car or truck? I'm David McNeil, founder of WeatherTech. Besides our floor liners, we design, engineer, and manufacture a wide range of automotive accessories right here in America. And just like our floor liners, everything is done to the highest standards possible. We understand what kind of investment owning a vehicle can be. So we do everything possible to help you protect it. We don't take shortcuts, and we never make concessions when it comes to quality. For everything from cargo liners to cleaning and detailing supplies to mud flaps and car covers, the one place you need to go is WeatherTech.com. So if you are familiar with our floor liners, just imagine how well the rest of our products will work for you. Learn more about our full line of automotive accessories at WeatherTech.com or call 1-800-CARMATS, WeatherTech.com proudly made in america sale that means huge savings for you get pre-finished hardwood and bamboo up to 36 percent off including new styles like mediterranean maple and best sellers like silver stone bamboo take 25 percent off all dream home laminate and 10 to 15 percent off our best waterproof floors more from just 49 cents plus special financing and professional installation hurry get to your local lumber liquidators today What's the most important thing you can do today? How about swab to save a life? Every three minutes in the United States, a person is diagnosed with a blood cancer like leukemia. Bone marrow transplants give patients a new lease on life, but 70% of them must rely on a stranger for one. You can help. Register with DKMS to become a donor. You'll receive a swab kit in the mail, swab your cheeks, send the samples back, and you're good to go. Take the first step. Become a hero. Register today at DKMS.org. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Melchior, and uh, as I mentioned earlier in the show, really, really looking forward to this segment. 
uh, joining us. Uh, you may know him uh, from uh, his work with the Baseball Project or uh, perhaps the Young uh, young Fresh Fellows, the Minus Five, or maybe a little band called R.E.M. Scott McCoy uh, is uh, joining us here on the Fantasy Baseball Hour. Scott, thank you so much for uh, taking the time and joining us. It's a, r- a real pleasure to have you on the show. Do we have Scott? Yes, you do. <laughs> okay, great. A, a very dramatic entrance there. <laughs> well, welcome very yeah. much uh, for uh, joining us here. Great to, great to have you on. Uh, Thanks. And uh, uh, absolutely my pleasure. And, uh, you know, I've, I've talked uh, on the show about you being on here and, uh, you know, that you've uh, worked with REM both in the studio and, and on tour uh, on one of my favorite uh, live albums of all time, uh, Live in Olympia. Uh, but, oh, yeah. Uh, the baseball... That's, that is that is the... <laughs> That is the the greatest live album. I love that. Isn't it? I'm glad that you you realize that because I I don't know if people really, I I don't know if people kind of stopped paying attention a little bit at that point, but uh, but that record is just amazing. (laughs) I I was blown away when I heard it. (laughs) I mean, I didn't didn't know it was going to be so great, you know, I I had no idea. Well, I, I do want to get on to, you know, talking about the baseball project and, and of course, your, you know, your fantasy baseball, uh, your, your league yeah. that you're in. Um, but since I did bring it up and since, uh, you know, you feel similarly about the album that I do. Uh, now, that was those were not actually concerts, right? I mean, Michael Stipe uh, starts off and, and, you know, it says this is not a show. And it, they were right. rehearsals where people were just invited to come in. So was as far as you were aware, was the idea to make that into a live album? No, we were we were recording it basically because we were playing the the new songs that we were working on for the record, and mm-hmm. so I think there was hope that hey maybe we'll record them and maybe one of the live versions of the new songs will be so kick ass that we might want to use that on the record, basically. Um, so oh. that's why we were, that's why we were recording it really just because, uh, you know, we were making a, a, we were in the process of making a new record and we wanted to, we wanted to also, you know, just play the songs in front of, uh, audience and see how they respond, but also thinking, oh, maybe, you know, we'll, we'll get a really cast version and we'll use it for the record. But, uh, which, um, you know, we ended up using all the studio versions, but, um, but then I think when they, when we checked out the tapes, we found there was something pretty pretty magical there which it was crazy because we we played different songs every was five nights in a row i think and we did different songs every night except for the the songs for the new albums we played we played those every night but we swapped out all the other um older songs and we played so many songs that i had never even played before because we went way back and um it was just a scramble for me to even try to you know, to 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 get ready for each show every day because it was every changing so fast. So I didn't even have time to even think about whether it was good or not. <laughs> I was just on to the <laughs> next show. So so I was amazed when I heard how many songs we played uh, and and how great they all sounded. It was uh, it was it was amazing for me. So I, I you know I I just have to hand it to Jack Knife Lee who who recorded it and put it together and saw how great it was. And, um, 
I was just blown away when I heard it. I think it's like it, it, it could be like if you had to have one record by REM, that could almost be it, you know, to me. <laughs> it's great. Oh, no, I, but. I, I absolutely agree because it covers the entire catalog. Um, yeah. you know, all the way through, you know, from Chronic Town right through yeah. to, you know, uh, the album that hadn't even come out yet, which uh, was Accelerate, I believe. Yeah. Uh, of course, it, it doesn't have it doesn't have any of the big hits, which is weird because it doesn't have. We didn't do Losing My Religion, Man on the Moon, Everybody Hurts. We didn't. We weren't doing any of those because we we didn't feel like we had to because we were. This was a special thing, you know. It was like a rehearsal for you know, for our record. So we didn't feel like we had to play those. So, so it would be kind of weird to have the REM record, not have those songs on it, but you know, <laughs> but Hey, that's what you get. <laughs> well, so, so people should just go out and get the whole catalog, but make sure that they get yeah. uh, live at Olympia for sure. Yes, absolutely. Uh, well, more recently, of course, there's been the, the, the baseball project and, um, well, first of all, uh, you know, I want to mention for, for, you know, those who aren't aware, you had a stroke back last November, correct? Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, will you be touring or uh, you doing any recordings with the, with the baseball project? Uh, you know, how is the recovery coming along? And, and uh, you know, can we expect uh, to, to hear anything uh, from the baseball project uh, in you know, the, the months to come? Well, it's, it's going very well. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not back to where I want to be, and I don't know if I ever actually will be, but, but I think by all um, indications, everybody seems to think I'm doing okay. <laughs> so I've, I've played, I've been playing some local shows around, around town with my band, the minus five um, sort of a therapy sessions where um, I just, I'm basically playing uh, minus five songs and Beatles songs and Neil Young songs, because I figured those would be the easiest ones to come back to me. Cause they're just so part of my, DNA, um, but it's still pretty hard. <laughs> I imagine, hard. yeah, yeah. But but it's 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 working, and and um, I mean, I we we got offered to do a, a few shows with the baseball project at the beginning of August in the Midwest, in Chicago, Milwaukee, and Madison. And uh, I long ago decided, well, I'll be ready by then. So we are going to go do these shows. Um, and hopefully I will be ready. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, 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 it'll just be a, like a little trial run to see how uh, how I do out on uh, on tour and you know, a brief a brief tour, four shows. Uh, but um, but yeah, I think it'll be I think it'll be fine. Well, I, I, I hope so. And I certainly uh, if I if I were out that way, I would be doing what I could to uh, to get tickets to those shows. And yeah. I have to say, by the way, uh, I, I one of my big regrets was uh, about two years ago, I moved from South Florida out to Montana, where I am currently. And you all came to Boca Raton uh, like a yes. week before I left it. I thought oh, I'm too busy. I can't go. But I I wish I oh. had. So hopefully I'll have a chance to catch you uh, 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 sometime soon. Yeah, we had a really good time. We went down to Florida for two um, grapefruit league. Um, we went down for a week, like um, two years in a row, and just played at, at ballparks and and little clubs at night. And um, it was really, really fun. I mean, sometimes Florida gets a gets a bit of a a rap as not a great place to go and play, you know. But um, but I will say that people maybe because we were we were, you know, playing, I mean, it was baseball related and we, we'd go up there when everybody's into baseball, but, um, 
it was really great experience. We really had a great time. And there were also people who just lived down in Florida who were really, really thankful. They were like, well, thanks for coming to Florida, you know, and uh, it was, it was great. We had a, we had a really good time. It was a really, it's really fun doing the, the, the grapefruit league thing. It was really, really a blast. So, yeah, like like I said, I'm very sorry that I, I missed it. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll get a, a chance to, to catch you soon. I don't know. Uh, well, we I don't do hit what? Montana on our baseball. We don't hit Montana on our baseball tour too often, unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> but, but, but you know that's not to say we won't play there. <laughs> All right. Well, I will keep checking the website, which, by the way, is okay. uh, thebaseballproject.net. Uh, people should uh-huh. be aware of that. Um, so I'm talking to Scott McCoy here uh, of the Baseball Project, formerly uh, of REM, the Minus Five, uh, and uh, also young fresh uh, fellows. Young, young fresh fellows. Thank you. Had a, a, a momentary brain fart there, so and thank you for numerous others. That. But yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I, I want to move on to your uh, your fancy baseball uh, okay career. Uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah. uh, so, uh, how long have you been playing? Um, I think. The first year of our league was either 2007, I think, 2007 or 2008. That's when the baseball project came together, and um, this league came out of the founding of the baseball project. Um, so it was it was um, an idea of a, a guy named Steve Gardner, who you asked about. Um, who was a who worked at Yep Brock Records, the label that was going to put out the Baseball Project record, and he said maybe it'd be fun to have a, a, a fantasy league that's based, you know, around around the the players in the in the Baseball Project. And we, I honestly had been trying to um, keep myself from playing fantasy baseball for for a long time because I knew. It would open up a can of worms, <laughs> and um, and but that's now since it was sort of as part of our promotion or part of our our our, our um, theme with the the band, I thought, well, okay, yeah, I gotta say yes. So we formed a we formed the band with uh, formed the league with you know um, four of us in the band uh, in the in the league. And then we, we got like-minded, um, other musicians mostly and other people in the industry to, to flesh out the, the 12, the 12 team. League. Although actually I think we only had maybe eight or nine people for the first year, um, before. Um, but so yeah, that's how it started. And it, we've just kept it going since then. A few people have changed, but mostly it's been the same people. Um, and it's it's everything that I hoped it would be and hoped it wouldn't be <laughs> because because I got so deep into it that I'm just a, a maniac and I waste way too much time on it. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, the, the the folks who are listening to this show and and the the, the person who's uh, hosting the show absolutely cannot relate to any of that. So. Oh yeah, of course not. Of course not. Well, the thing is, yeah, we all know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> the, the, the thing is, Mike Mills had of uh, the basis for REM. He had been into fantasy baseball for a long time, and in also you know fantasy golf and football or whatever. But baseball is the I think the where he started his 
his fantasy sports career <laughs> was with baseball. And, um, and you know, he would always ask me if I wanted to join one of his leagues because he's in numerous ones. And I would say, oh, you know, that'd be really fun, Mike, but I just, I just know that I will, I'll go crazy. I'll, I'll waste way too much time if I do that. So I kept saying no, 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 no. And then finally, of course, this opportunity came when I kind of had to say yes. And um, because I, because I said to Mike, I go, Mike was like saying, oh, you know, you don't have to spend that much time. You can just do as much as you want. You don't have to. And I was like, oh, yeah, Mike, I see you before every show hunched over your computer <laughs> for hours on end <laughs> playing fantasy sports. So I know the way that works. And it, and it truly has worked with me. But but luckily, I have kept to only this this league. I was in a second league for a little while that Ben Gibbard from uh, Death, Death Cap for Cutie had started on a, a ESPN league. But um, I didn't really like that very much. And he and he luckily gave it up after a couple of years because he wasn't enjoying it as much either. So it was like a head-to-head thing on ESPN. I, I, I didn't I didn't like it, but so so now I'm, I'm so back the, to just the just the one you know Yahoo League, and that takes up so much of my time that it's ridiculous. So uh, I, I don't know why why I let it. I obsess over it, but I do. Yeah, well, we again, you know, we all yeah, suffer from that bad malady, so <laughs> yeah. uh, we all you ask our, our, ourselves. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, what is the the format of the Yahoo League? It's uh, twelve teams, correct? Yeah, twelve teams. It's just um, it's a, a five five by five, I guess you say, or rotisserie. You know, just the standard, just the basic standard thing. That the only, I mean, I think it'd be the the lowest common denominator of of fantasy leagues, right? Because none of us, most of us, when we were playing, when we started it, hadn't really ever played before. So it was kind of a new thing, and we've really kept it that way. Um, Twelve teams, the same thing. The only thing is we've we've changed, we've tweaked a couple of categories. Like we went a couple of years ago, we went. I think last year we went to, um, we we went from saves to holds and saves. You know, we so so we, and then we switched to average to on base percentage. So those are the only okay. changes we've we've made at all, you know. And um, uh, I like both of those changes a lot, actually. Yeah, I I do too. I, I really do. I like the five by five format, especially with the with OBP. Uh, uh-huh. Well, I think we've only got a little bit more than a minute left, Scott. So I'd I'd hoped I'd, oh. to uh, ask oh. you all about like your strategy and you know how you approach oh, the draft wow. and all that. But maybe I could just boil it down to who who are the MVPs of your uh, fantasy team this year? Oh, and actually, and are you still in first place? I am. I I, I got. I've just suddenly I I I really moved up a lot in the last like two or three weeks, and now I'm like 19 points ahead. I don't know how that happened, uh, but. Um, but um, I, I just my my draft was terrible. <laughs> I, I I didn't didn't not do really well. But um, but I got a lot of bargains later down in the draft. Like Charlie Morton uh, was a good one, and um, um, I got Eugenio Suarez on a trade earlier on, and he's been he's been really good. Does that, does that mean we're over? <laughs> I think that's what that means. It's a little familiar okay. music, but uh, 
Scott McCoy, thank you so much for uh, joining us, and best luck to you and uh, to the baseball project as well, and, and best luck uh, in your recovery too. Okay, thanks a lot. Take care, Al. Okay, my, my pleasure, Scott. We'll be right All back right. in just a few. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Welcome back. This is the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host, Al Melchior. And uh, thanks again very much to uh, Scott McCoy of the Baseball Project. And uh, got a little bit of REM talk in there, too, uh, which I enjoyed. I hope you certainly enjoyed it. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it half as much as I did, because uh, that would still be a lot. Uh, the first save opportunity for Joe Jimenez as the uh, fill-in for Shane Green who went on the uh, DL earlier today with the shoulder strain, uh, did not go so well for for, uh, Jimenez. uh, A blown save, uh, did give up just one run, uh, but he walked three batters, and we're now in the 10th. Uh, The Tigers have retaken the lead. Uh, It's 3-2. In fact, they're in the middle of the 10th inning, so I don't know uh, if Jimenez will come out for the bottom of the 10th, but... uh, do my best to kind of uh, keep uh, keep tabs on that situation, but we actually got a lot to get to uh, here as we uh, get to the home stretch of the show. We still have a lot of uh, uh, standout uh, performances from Sunday's game. Actually, even a few from Saturday that I'm going to toss in there uh, to to look at uh, look at the weather. I'm not sure I'm going to have time to go through lineups, but I at least can talk about the weather, and that'll be real quick. Uh, but also. Uh, who wants to go to a 2018 World Series game? Because if you do, tune in to the Fancy Sports Radio Network between July 8th and July 17th as we will be playing the DKMS Trivia Challenge for your shot to call in with a chance to attend the Fall Classic in person. The number to play is 844-843-6879 or 844-843-FNTSY. The contest is sponsored by DKMS, who are looking for your help in the fight against blood cancer. For many patients, a bone marrow transplant is the best chance for survival. With, uh, well, excuse me, while 30% of patients can find a matching donor in their families, 70% or nearly 14,000 people each year must rely on a benevolent stranger to step up and donate. So find out how you can help the cause and go to dailyroto.com slash DKMS. That's dailyroto.com slash DKMS, and it is the DKMS Trivia Challenge from July 8th through July 17th. Call in and win. All right, let me take care of the weather here because this is going to be very quick and we get right on to even more important stuff. Uh, The only game with any sort of precipitation chance uh, during game time is uh, White Sox at the Reds. That's uh, Great American Ballpark, 7-10 Eastern start. 24% chance of rain at first pitch, according to uh, the Roto-Grinders weather forecast. And that's a steady 24% chance throughout uh, the several hours thereafter. So 
maybe some delays, but it uh, doesn't look like anything you should worry about with your uh, lineups tonight and all the other venues look just fine weather-wise. So uh, nothing to worry about there. All right, so uh, let's dig in to some of the weekend performances. Got to start here with Aaron Hicks. He had the, the big three-homer game against the Red Sox. And it's kind of a strange turn of events there where uh, the Red Sox dominated the Yankees on Saturday and then the Yankees took their turn on Sunday and Hicks really powered that blowout uh, with his 12th, 13th, and 14th home runs of the season. And coming off a very good June uh, that I certainly did not talk enough about uh, where he hit 279 with six home runs. So just continuing with the power uh, right into uh, the 1st of July. But I also want to take a look at Aaron Judge as well. Um, now, whereas, you know, Hicks, maybe that he's somebody you go out and, you, you know, you could pick up, and I think it would be worthwhile to do that uh, in a 12-team mixed league. Aaron Judge, obviously, <laughs> you're not going to be able to pick him up. If you got him, you start him. It's, it's a no-brainer. But I did want to point something out. Uh, Judge, first of all, did chip in with that uh, big win over the Red Sox on Sunday, going three for four with his 22nd home run of the year. But since the 1st of May, power's been no issue for Judge. Again, that's consistent. But last year, I recall there were a lot of naysayers, people saying he's going to be overvalued this year because we really can't expect Judge to hit for batting average the way that he did in 2017. And if you look at the overall numbers, you might say, well, you know, uh, that, 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 that was something just to be not at all concerned about. He's back 279. He's got a 361 BABIP, with the, which is just four, po- four points higher than it was last year. But again, going back to May 1st, I'm sorry, I kind of interrupted myself there, but the power's been there all along. But since May 1st, he's batting 259, and the BABIP has fallen during that period. It's been 318, much closer to normal. And it actually was bumped up quite a bit just on the basis of the three-hit game on Sunday. And so, you know, again, you might say, well, okay, Aaron Judge with a 260-ish batting average, nothing to worry about. You know, thank you very much. But over that same period, two months plus a day, he has a 50% ground ball rate. And just to put it in perspective, last season – he had a 35% ground ball rate, and he was right in that neighborhood for uh, March and April this year. So a little bit concerning uh, for Aaron Judge. And again, not to the point where you would bench him. Uh, you know, maybe the move here is that you try to buy, you know, buy low on Aaron Judge. But I, again, I don't know, given that the overall numbers are still really strong, I'm not sure that there is really a buy low number, but maybe just some information whether you're a judge owner or not, to just be aware of. Uh, Evan Gaddis, got to mention him because he had a two-homer game on Sunday uh, against the Rays. Uh, he's now up to 17 homers on the year. And so as really unproductive as Gaddis was early on for a long stretch, he is now the top-rated rotisserie catcher, according to the ESPN Player Rater. Incredible, incredible. And that, that, I think it says as much about the rest of the catcher field. But still, what you're talking about being uh, now approximately halfway through the season and you've got 17 home runs as a catcher, that you're you know batting in the Astros lineup, that's, you know, that's a good thing. Mark Trumbo, now he's interesting to me, and not just because he had a two-homer game, 
although he did have a two-homer game against the Angels on Sunday. He's now up to 10 homers on the year. But uh, he's batting 261, which you figure is, you know, probably about the best that maybe you can expect from Mark Trumbo. But it's a bit deceiving because he's really been, in a lot of ways, a much better hitter so far this year, where he's using the whole field um, and hitting, you know, making making hard contact. So, in fact, his expected batting average is 30 points higher, 291. So you've got Trumbo, who's basically, if you prorate it over a full season, on pace for 30-plus home runs, which is really what you would expect from Mark Trumbo. But you know, maybe maybe a 290 hitter the rest of the way if he can keep doing what he's doing, but maybe just have a little bit better luck. So uh, I certainly am going to look for opportunities to buy on Mark Trumbo. Uh, Avisal Garcia, since he's come back, he's uh, done pretty well for himself. He had a four-hit game on Sunday, so that brought his average up to 270. Uh, he uh, hit his uh, second triple of the year and his fourth and fifth doubles. Uh, this was all against the Rangers on Sunday. Cole Calhoun heating up. He had a uh, two-hit ge- uh, yes, two game uh, on Sunday, his fourth homer of the year, his third double of the year. And since coming back from the disabled list, he's played 13 games. And not great stats, but certainly worlds above where he had been, batting 268 with three home runs. So it looks like Cole Calhoun is pretty much back to normal. And one more player who had been slumping badly, but finally seems to be uh, clicking into gear, and that's Lewis Brinson, uh, who... Didn't get a hit on Sunday, but over the course of the three-game series with the Mets, went four for 11, homered and doubled. And so since the beginning of June, Brinson is hitting 258 and uh, has four home runs. So not, you know, not great production, but certainly somebody that maybe now you can look at in a 15-team league, 15-16 team mixed league uh, to help you a bit with power and not hurt you. Uh, in terms of batting average. And uh, one last hitter I want to look at here, Williams Astadio, just recently called up by the Twins. He's uh, He started his first major league game on Sunday and had two hits, including uh, a triple against the Cubs. And just the two games he's played, uh, he started at third base, but uh, the prior game he came in as a replacement and played both left and center field, uh, pretty much a catcher uh, in the minors. But uh, has some versatility in the minor leagues. Almost never struck out. I mean, made Anderson Simmons look like uh, somebody with no contact skills. It's just incredible. Uh, a little bit of power too for Astadio. So uh, also a, a deep league option there if the if the playing time can can pan out for him. Uh, so before we get to some of the pitching performances from the weekend. Uh, just checking in again on Tigers Blue Jays, and it looks like the Tigers have won that one, three to two. And it was uh, actually Buck Farmer that started the uh, yes, that is finals. Began the uh, the tenth inning, and uh, Blaine Hardy. So so this is odd. So Jimenez blew the save, but actually gets a win. So if you picked up uh, Joe Jimenez and just plugged him right into your lineup, uh, bad ratios, blown save, but <laughs> you get a win from Jimenez. And Blaine Hardy, uh, mopping up after uh, Buck Farmer, gets a save. So 
Strange game there for the Tigers, but they do uh, win it over the Blue Jays. So uh, I will get to some pitching performances from over the weekend. But uh, first of all, uh, just a quick message here from mybookie.ag. If you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports, but you're sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget about having to create multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can elect an option to receive a 50% deposit bonus with a rollover requirement. So no more dealing with late lineup scratches, no experts to compete against. It's just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag, enter the promo code FNTSY upon sign-up, and choose your matchups using the Props Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. So lots of pitching performances to get to. Uh, normally, I wouldn't even give James Paxton a mention because I, I think it's, you know, it's such a no-brainer to start him. But I, I am going to mention him for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, uh, okay, so first of all, the line for Paxton, uh, eight shutout innings, two hits, two walks, 11 Ks against the Royals. So, yes, a very favorable matchup, but those are Paxton-type numbers. But I had noticed that over the last couple of years, He's had some struggles in tough ballparks against teams that do well in their in their home venues. Uh, he's had some rough starts against the Rangers. I uh, believe there was one against the Yankees that didn't go well. Uh, so I'm not I'm not sure in the true sense of the word, word that Paxton is must start, which I use a very uh, broad definition of, uh, you know, meaning you know start him every single time in every possible format. But he's like 99% of a start uh, pitcher Paxton. So, uh, but the, the, actually, the reason that I bring up Paxton really has nothing to do with Paxton at all. It's the fact that um, he had uh, a real duel on his hands with um, uh, Brad Keller. So, um, you know, very, very different uh, styles to be sure. Keller, not a strikeout pitcher by any means, and uh, but but been, been very effective. I mean, he was effective in the Royals' bullpen and has been very effective uh, during his time uh, in the uh, uh, the Royals' uh, rotation. So, uh, and I apologize here, having a, just a bit of a technical issue that I uh, need to attend to. Uh, but uh, Keller uh, gave up just one run, eight innings. Uh, it was a complete game for him. Six hits, no walks, three strikeouts. So that's kind of a quintessential Keller line at his best, where he's not going to get strikeouts, but he's not really going to give up very much at all. So uh, pretty, uh, you know, I, I think it's somebody that you could really uh, use to, to good effect in, um, in a points league. So, uh, you know, good stuff there uh, for, for Brad Keller. And... Uh, Again, pardon me for the the, the brief delay here. Uh, Matt Harvey with uh, a good start. Uh, And he's now got a 3.86 ERA with the Reds. And yet, there's really the big difference is just that he hasn't given up quite so many home runs. But uh, still just an 18.4% strikeout rate with Cincinnati, just a little bit higher than what he had 
with the Mets, uh, but certainly you know, helped helped uh, all his numbers uh, against the Brewers on Sunday. Five and two thirds, or yeah, five and two thirds scoreless, two hits, no walks, and six strikeouts. Uh, but I'm not you know quite sold on him being transformed uh, with Cincinnati game because the peripherals aren't aren't terribly different. Uh, Mike Fultonevich with another very good start on Sunday uh, against the Cardinals. Five scoreless with just one hit allowed, three walks and nine strikeouts. Uh, but the really the, the the really noteworthy start in that series came on Saturday with Max Freed got eleven strikeouts in six and two thirds shutout innings. So Freed was just spectacular in that start. The curveball was was on, and um, I know he's been a popular pickup since, but. Um, you know, I, I, I do worry that it'll be sort of like a Freddie Peralta type situation where people see this dominant start, but I think there's going to be some some inconsistency to come from Max Freed, but certainly you saw the ceiling there. And then just a few other uh, noteworthy performances. Jordan Zimmerman staying hot, talked about him after his last start, and he threw uh, seven innings with just one run and six Ks against the Blue Jays. So he's not got a 1.24 ERA over his last five starts. Has not given up a home run over that stretch. Ronaldo Lopez had a weird, but good start against the Rangers. Six of the third innings, two runs, uh, six Ks. He had 26 called strikes, which is really unusual for Lopez, who induces swings uh, in the zone at a 72% rate, which is really high. And then a couple of disappointing starts. Uh, David Price only lasting three and a third, giving up eight runs to the Yankees. Talked about that game. And then on Sunday, the start that people talked about all weekend long, I'm sorry, on Saturday, Sonny Gray, two and a third against the uh, Red Sox, uh, six runs on seven hits. His previous three starts were not that great, but I, you know, I think that the Sonny Gray thing has been a little bit overblown. Uh, over the three previous starts, did give up 10 runs in 16 and two-thirds, but struck out 15, walked four, two home runs. Not bad ratios. I, w- I would not drop Sonny Gray, to be sure. So, anyways, that is a wrap. Thank you so much for joining me here. Be back tomorrow with Matt Modica. Tuesdays with Modica. I hope to see you here then. Have a great one, everybody.